Hi, this is Pat from Winking Cat Tales. I wanted to make this special bonus episode to fill you in on all the wonderful and new things that are happening at Winking Cat Tales. And also to share with you a special interview I had with Nakandra Norwood, who's a meteorologist in New Orleans. We talked all about Bayou Bug Tales, our first episode for season three. And she answered a very important question I had. Does it really ever snow in New Orleans? That's a song from Bayou Bug Tales, our first episode in season three. If you haven't heard the podcast yet, it's actually a modern adaptation of the familiar fable of the ant and the grasshopper. In our story, it's set in the bayou of southern Louisiana, and we have a very important event that happens. I can't give away too much of the story, but, you know, the story of the ant and the grasshopper is primarily about the ant being very, very anxious to prepare for the cold weather, and the grasshopper not being really interested in the whole changing of the seasons thing. And when winter comes, he's very ill-prepared for the bad weather. But a question I had when I wrote the story was, is there really any bad weather in southeastern Louisiana? I mean, we hear so much about it being warm and hot all the time. Does it ever really get cold in the bayou? And so I had to go to one of the experts. Her name is Nakandra Norwood, and she's a meteorologist with WVUE Fox 8 television station in New Orleans, Louisiana. I thought if anybody could answer that question for me, it would be her. So here's our conversation with Nakandra Norwood. First of all, I'm excited to to talk with a meteorologist because I love the study of meteorology. What made you interested in that when you were growing up and uh, how what was the process? You know, I've just always been fascinated by weather and almost every single meteorologist you ever meet will tell you that we wanted to do this since we were little kids. My very first science project I ever did in school, first grade was about evaporation. When I was in sixth grade, I used to do, uh, you see, I had a classmate tell me I did it earlier. I don't really remember doing it earlier, but I very much remember Hurricane Gilbert in 1988 okay. and bringing my sixth grade class, the tracking chart and going through the presentation. <laughs> so my teachers very much fostered my weather interest and my mom is a science teacher. So we kind of all wrapped okay. together. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, I know Hurricane Ida, you've had so many hurricanes down in your area come through. What's it like to be as a weather forecaster and a meteorologist with so much responsibility of trying to communicate what people should do and what's happening? What's it like in the newsroom when something like a hurricane comes through? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because that's really what we're here for. And we work all year long and, you know, when it's the good weather days and it's fun when it's the nice weather days because people are excited and, you know, they want to say, oh, thanks for the great weather. And I always tell them, I don't take credit for the good weather because you guys are <laughs> going to blame me for the bad stuff. Yeah. But, you know, those days, those really high, severe weather days, and especially during hurricane season here, you know, that's where you also just really feel the appreciation that 
the community has for what we do. Uh, it's funny, my husband works in safety as well in the chemical industry. And we talk about how, oh, we both, we both work in safety. We both work in keeping people safe. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, very important. Um, so speaking about keeping people safe, our, sh our story we're talking about today is Bayou Bug Tales, which takes place in the bayou in near New Orleans. And I, I always wonder for people that are around the country, you hear the word bayou, what exactly is a bayou? Well, you know, that's just another name for a canal or an alley of water. Uh, usually it's natural. It's sometimes like a little river. Matter of fact, a lot of our bayous that move through Southeast Louisiana, and a lot of people that even here don't know this, a, a lot of them are the, the old channels of the Mississippi River. If you go back and you look at a map of all of our old river deltas, Mm -hmm. Some of our most famous bayous, like Bayou Lafouche, those are the, the ones that are really where the Mississippi River used to go before it made those changes thousands of years ago. Oh, wow. And, and I, I remember I was down in New Orleans a, a few years ago with my daughter, and uh, we talked about uh, that a lot of people were telling us about how important it is to keep the bayous healthy and, and stuff mm -hmm. because they actually help protect against hurricanes. How does that work? Well, it actually is. I mean, that's what built our land. The, where we live is built from the, the sediment from the Mississippi River. And as those areas pushed out towards the Gulf of Mexico, you know, that's the boundary between where the hurricanes come in and then where the people live. And unfortunately, um, that's gotten a lot smaller over the last hundred years since there's been a lot of, um, you know, we have the oil companies that cut canals, and just the erosion, the levying of the Mississippi River, ironically, to keep people safe for the most part, also is one of the things that keeps us from building the marsh like we naturally do. So it, it's really important and a, a big project for us now across the state to try to figure out ways to be able to preserve the wetlands that we have and to hopefully maybe build some. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds neat. I mean, it, it's always beautiful. I mean, it's such a unique environment. It's always really cool to see it. Um, and speaking the of plant which, life, it's, it's animals, oh, it's amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's only certain places in the world. So mm -hmm. you got to keep them there. So we have them in the future for people to see. Um, I know New Orleans is noted for being hot and sultry and just, you know, the food is hot, the weather is mm -hmm. hot. <laughs> Has it ever gotten cold enough to snow in New Orleans? It does. And I think a lot of people are surprised by that. And truthfully, I almost forgot. I grew up here. I grew up in St. James Parish in a town oh, called Gramercy. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked away for a few years. I went to school at Mississippi State. So that's kind of North Mississippi. And then I worked in Montgomery and I worked in Memphis. And just that little bit, you know, that's still the South. But that little bit of distance from the Gulf of Mexico does make a huge difference. I remember my first year coming back home, which I've been here 14 years now, I didn't wear a real coat the whole <laughs> winter. And I said, oh, I forgot, you know, we, we don't have a whole lot of winter here. But when we do, <laughs> it can get interesting. And we do have snowfalls around here. Matter of fact, we had uh, one just a couple years ago. Oh, wow. And it's, um, you know, people are always fascinated by it. It's always amazing because we don't see it so much. Everything gets shut down. 
people up north make fun of us because uh, we get yeah. <laughs> half an inch and all the roads are closed and yeah. all the schools are closed, but we don't have anything that to deal with it. We just don't get it enough to have snow plows or salt trucks and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So, you know, for us, it gets to, we really do get the snow day for real. Everybody gets a snow day for anything. <laughs> Except us here in the news, we have to go cover it. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sort of, you know, it's hard to believe it. Where I live here in Seattle area, we actually don't get a lot of snow. Every once in a while, mm -hmm. we get a nice big dump, and we're we're like you, you know, we're not used to it. So we have these huge hills. Funny, Seattle snowfall. If you the way it's made, uh -huh. it's kind of similar to what happens here in the South. We don't really get here in Louisiana along the Gulf Coast snow doesn't form the same way it does say across the midwest or in new england mm -hmm. for us it's usually when we get a really big cold front that comes in the cold air is settled in and then there's a low pressure system that forms offshore and kind of rise over that cold air okay and that's where we get a good snowfall yeah Seattle's a lot the same kind of pattern it's not exactly the same but mm -hmm. you kind of have to have your cold air already in place and then here comes one of those storms that comes off the water and yep. then you can get a good snow. <laughs> That's for sure. And we're totally unprepared usually. People make fun of us all <laughs> over the place. But, you know, we're, we're like you. We don't have the snow plows and all the preparation that you need to take care of it. So just doesn't happen enough. No, no. Um, I do have one fun question for you. And uh, this is sort of out of the realm of true meteorology, but uh, sort of still dealing with weather. In the story, Tilly knows it's going to be a bad winter because she sees a big black band around Clarissa the caterpillar's belly. Mm. And I know that's an old wives tale um, that I've heard for a long time, especially with the woolly bear caterpillars. If, if their stripe is wide, it's going to be a bad winter. If their stripe is narrow, it's going to be a mild winter. Uh, are there any like old wives tales that you know that, that uh, try and predict the weather? <laughs> Well, you know, there's so many and, and truthfully, <laughs> a lot more of them do apply a little bit farther north than here, because honestly, we, you know, people like to call us the farthest northern part of the Caribbean. And it's true, we, we do have very little fall, very little true spring, it's mostly summer. And then our winter is probably like what most people think of as fall, we get a mm -hmm. couple of really cold weeks towards the end of January, the beginning of February. And we have had some serious cold temperatures. I mean, we can get down into the teens and single digits. Our matter of fact, our record low temperature is uh, five. But oh, that was wow. way back, way back. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go back before um, 1947. Uh, I want to say I wrote it down. <laughs> Because <laughs> that, that was back in the early 1900s before we even took records at the wow. airport. That, that's where we keep our official records now in the mm -hmm. New Orleans area. But so it, it can happen. We do get some of those really cold days. And we had a, when I talked about we had snow a couple of years ago, we had a 20 degree day back oh. in 2018. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was that long ago now. It didn't seem like it was that long ago now. So we oh. can get the cold days. Yeah. But I do like to talk about Groundhog's Day. I actually oh, okay. sent a note. <laughs> I sent a note to our zoo one time. We do the Nutria at the Audubon Zoo here in New Orleans. Uh -huh. And one, one year, a couple of years ago, it was cute. We had a whole thing. and But they, they had our Nutria inside. Oh. And I said, 
hey guys, I know it's funny and we kind of joke about it and it's kind of pseudoscience, it's not really science, yeah. but there is some reasoning behind the reason we talk about Groundhog's Day. Because the, the thing is, when you talk about does the groundhog see his shadow or not, yeah. if he sees his shadow, we say, oh, winter's gonna be longer. Well, the reasoning behind that is if you've got a bright sunny day mm -hmm. in February, you usually have a really strong high pressure and beautiful clear blue skies, Yeah, which is gonna be cold. Mm -hmm. So, oh, we're still in that cold winter pattern. If you don't have bright sunny skies and you got a lot of cloud cover, that's when we're starting to get the low pressure systems. And especially when you're up in New England, they start to get these low pressure systems that ride along the Gulf Stream and you get lots of clouds and yeah, yeah. you get rainy conditions a lot. Well, then groundhog wouldn't see a shadow on those days. Yeah, spring is gonna be coming because we're starting to get our spring type storms. So there's a little pseudoscience behind it. So you still gotta be outside. Uh-huh. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Still gotta be outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, being from Pennsylvania, I Puxitani is up the road, you know. So yeah, and it gets those high pressure systems are so cold. Mm -hmm. I, and now a lot of people here, they have an idea that snowfall is associated with hurricanes and we can't find any real association with that. But we get where it comes from because two of our most famous hurricanes, when you talk about Hurricane Betsy, that was in 1964. There was a historic New Year's snowfall in 1963 that you know huh. caught everybody's attention. It was snowing yeah. at the Sugar Bowl. Well, in 2004, this was actually a big memory for me. I had come down from one of the, I just started working around that time, a few years. So this was one of my first times getting to come home for a whole Christmas vacation for mm -hmm. the whole week and staying for Christmas and New Year's. And it snowed on Christmas Eve. Oh, and man. you remember what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything shuts down. So, you know, we couldn't go see our family Christmas day. Oh, you know, no. Everybody was kind of like stuck at their own house and it was magical to have Christmas snow. But, yeah. you know, for me, having been away and wanting to come home and see all my family, we had to hold everything off for a couple of days because you couldn't even get across the bridge. Uh, and then, of course, you know, in 2005, mm -hmm. Hurricane Katrina. So that was just two coincidences uh -huh. that kind of stick with people. And we had to tell them just because it snowed and when it snowed last time, we did not have a big hurricane. So. <laughs> So speaking of hurricanes, when is the end of hurricane season? Actually, technically, technically, the Atlantic season does not end until November 30th. Mm -hmm. Usually for our section of the Gulf Coast, so if we're talking about the Bayou and we're talking about Louisiana, October 1st, which is the day that we're doing this interview, actually, yep. we usually start to feel a little bit more comfortable. We do get hurricanes and tropical storms this time of year but they're usually maybe a little bit less intense. The weather pattern, we start to get more cold fronts and Atlantic storms tend to either turn out to sea, like what's happening right now with Hurricane Sam and mm -hmm. Tropical Storm Victor, or a lot of times the storms that end up forming in the Caribbean or in the Gulf, they'll turn out towards Florida. So Florida, if you look at statistics, they get a lot more storms in October. Well, last year for us was a really big outlier. I mean, just it was already a record-breaking hurricane season. We went through all the names yeah. and then we ended up with Hurricane Zeta almost it was, uh, like the week before Halloween. Oh gosh. It was yeah. the strongest storm to hit the United States so late in the season. So 
hopefully that big outlier stays that way and it just stays on the record books and yeah. you know we can start feeling like okay we feel a little bit safer come october 1st hopefully yeah get back to get back to the usual system mm -hmm. <laughs> nobody likes surprises <laughs> no that was not that was not a fun surprise so last question for you if uh somebody comes down to new orleans what is your favorite recommendation to give people of what they should eat when they come mm. down to New Orleans? You know, there's so much. <laughs> yeah. There is so much to eat, but I think you have to do crawfish because I just okay. think that's one of the things that is so unique to our region. You know, people do it in other places, but they don't do it exactly the same. And mm. Yeah, Louisiana crawfish are just going to be better. So you, you got to try the boiled crawfish. And it's a good challenge for somebody that's never seen them, looked at them to go and say, okay, how do I eat this? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good question. <laughs> like, wait, I'm supposed to eat this? <laughs> but once you do, it's delicious. Yeah, it's just a little tiny lobster. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, well, you got to do, you got to do the boiled crawfish. Oh, okay, good. Boiled, not fried. Okay, awesome. I'll remember that because I know my daughter wants to come back so badly. And when we were there, come to think of it, we had there was a day that they had uh, the week that and they had uh, like uh, flooding in Bourbon Street. And I remember trucking around in knee deep water on Bourbon Street. Ooh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. You it know that doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that does not happen a lot. Was it wasn't in August? Was it? Yeah, was it, it was August, in August. Blood a couple years ago, like the beginning that was of August. A, mm -hmm, the August fifth. Uh, mm -hmm. Was it 2019 or 2020? 2019. I think it was 2019. Everything blurs together. 2019 because yeah, it, yeah. it was pre-pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yes. that was a that was a huge rain day. We actually got like 25 inches of rain at one time in some parts of the city. So yeah. it was um, very unusual. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. But everybody was still trucking through, which was so amazing and so admirable to me. Everybody's like, okay, whatever. We're just going to do our thing. So we're going to make it happen. Well, before the levees and back in the day when the French Quarter was actually built, you know, they didn't really have a levee on the Mississippi. And when you have the regular spring floods, that water used to roll right through the French Quarter and back towards the lake. And mm -hmm. those really old buildings were built to really withstand that. They were you know, the hardwood floors would dry out, the plaster walls would dry yeah. out, everybody just sweep the mud out and go on about their day. Yeah, I know the streets were, the sidewalks are flagstones, so they dried out pretty quick. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. As a matter of fact, my daughter and I had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different experience. It definitely is, but that's the beauty of it, right? <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I, I love being from here. I love living down here. I'm so glad I was able to come home and do the job that I love here. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. I, I, I'm so grateful. And I know the kids will get excited about hearing more about New Orleans. And can I say one thing, since we are talking about weather and meteorology, you asked me about what made me want to be a meteorologist. And I hear this all the time. Remember, I said that people that want to be a meteorologist know from the time that they're really little kids. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful that I get to be one of the ones that we, you know, I was able to make it through. I also have so many adults that come up to me and say, I wanted to be a meteorologist, but I didn't just, I didn't know about the math. I, I wasn't good in math or I wasn't great with science. 
-hmm. All the kids that are listening, do not let that deter you. Just work hard at it as you can. You don't have to be the A plus math student. You just have to get it. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. have to pass because, you know, you can learn in forecasting. Just do the best that you can. If you want to be a meteorologist, you can do it. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's good advice. Because I know some, some kids, especially a lot of kids, think math is so intimidating. But mm -hmm. if you just plow through it and ask for advice when you need it, you can get, You'll get it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure it, I, I can't imagine how much fun you have at your job. <laughs> it is a fun job. <laughs> right. I want to thank the Conja Norwood for joining us today. And uh, I know she does an amazing job down there in New Orleans at Fox 8. And you've got to get back to work because I know there's weather waiting for you. So I thank you for your time. And I'm sure our audience really appreciates it. Thanks for having me. I had so much fun speaking with the Conjure Norwood. I wanted to let you know that season three of Winking Cat Tales will offer more of these special bonus episodes. They'll have all kinds of interviews information about the history of the stories and some behind the scenes updates on what's going on at Winking Cat Tales. We've also created a special blog called Tale Behind the Tale. That's spelled T-A-L-E. You can find it at talebehindthetale.com. Each blog has information about an individual story that's featured on Winking Cat Tales. The blog has all kinds of background information, interviews with the actors, and some fun recipes that you can make at home. Be sure to check out talebehindthetale.com and let us know what you think. If you'd like to support new episodes of Winking Cat Tales, check out our Patreon page. It's at patreon.com and just do a search for Winking Cat Tales. We have lots of fun prizes and gifts for all our sponsors there. Make sure to check us out. Winking Cat Tales is a proud member of the Dramafy Audio Play Network. This is Pat for Winking Cat. Bye for now. <laughs>